Pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the podcast version of this week's One Life Left radio show. I'm Simon Byron. I'm Steve Curran. And we're joined uh, in this intro by our super special guest this week, Charles Cecil. Hello, Charles. Hello, Simon. Hello, Steve. Thanks so much for having me. Whoa, first show back. Um, you know, a little bit rusty. Mm. our way back into work. Um, we packed a lot in, didn't we? We really did. I felt very... I couldn't remember how to talk at the start it was, it was like, how do you do this uh what's going on but by the end absolutely loved it loved it today uh i'm really really happy to be back and also what a way to start with you charles thank you so much for coming on the show <laughs> oh see you're too kind no it's a, a real pleasure it's always it, it, I, I was so excited when you invited me um uh, and thank you for doing so now, ordinarily, Charles, you use us as part of your promotional activities. You come on and talk to us when mm. you've got things to pimp, don't you? But what you don't do um, right now. Uh, so we come with a very Steve. fast... Yeah, Steve, Steve actually gave me a very good life lesson about Twitter. He, 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 he reprimanded me and he said, don't use Twitter. Let Twitter use you to do what you want. And it was such a profound thing to say. Obviously, that was before it all went horribly wrong with Elon. <laughs> but um, am I allowed to say that, or is that too controversial? Yeah, no, uh, no, absolutely. Listen, this is the this is the podcast intro. You mm. can say whatever the hell you want now. Yeah, we 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 we're not subject to the same legal restrictions. We don't think you can even <laughs> say the word that Simon made you promise not to say. <laughs> on the show in this bit of the show yeah. <laughs> i better not um, i better not but no no but seriously I- steve you're absolutely right and 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 and, and it, it really got me thinking it's completely changed the, the way that i've approached social media so thank you for those those pearls those jewels of those jewels of wisdom pearls of wisdom those jewels those pearls of wisdom that's the expression <laughs> i meant to say I like the idea, because um, we do talk about this during the show, um, and we have referenced it many times of you emerging from the sea um, <laughs> in front of other men's wives. Because <laughs> there was a time when you, when I was up in Scarborough last year and you cycled over, and the first thing that you did, you cycled over from York to Scarborough, the first thing you did when you got there was take your top off and talk to talk to other men's wives <laughs> with your top off. <laughs> anyway, I like the, I like the idea. But um, in the in the last recorded incident of you doing this, if you emerging from the sea in Croatia, mm. Steve and his wife are there. They had no idea that you were you were in the water. But you sort of walk out in your speedos, and then Steve just looks up and goes, "Don't use Twitter. <laughs> Let Twitter use you." And then you turn around and go back into the sea. <laughs> so it's good. Oh, you um, know that was such fun, Steve. I have to say, you you hosted that so well as well. That was just great. Anyway, sorry, Simon. Stop this, Charles. He gets enough of it. He gets enough of it. I don't. I'm happy for... Listen, Charles, this this section of the show can go on as long as you want. So please (laughs) tell me more about how great my hosting was in Croatia. Um, That that was... Yes, uh, he didn't mean that, uh, Charles. Uh, I did. (laughs) So, uh, but... Um, ordinarily, uh, you come on with a with a per- or you have been on before with a purpose, something to, to reveal. But this was just a, a general chat. Was it all okay for you? Charles? Well, I, th- I, I mean, I think it's phenomenal that you guys. Two thousand and six, you started, did you? Mm. Um, 
Uh, I mean, that's 2006, 2016, that's, that's 2026, too that's long. 17 years, 17 years. <laughs> simply, I mean, that's simply too long to be doing anything. Uh, and, and, you know, you would have thought that after 17 years, you guys would have gone off the boil and you wouldn't have anything new to say. But the opposite is true. You know, you every week wow. you're revealing something incredible. I mean, it's, it's a reflection of you. yourselves and about the games industry and how dynamic it is. You know, really, it is fair to pairing. say. We have kept the you know the standard constant for seventeen years, that, haven't we? True. Which is impressive in some sense. You have indeed, and and uh, it was not that long ago that you were broadcasting from GDC. Um, you haven't done that for a bit, have you? Or have you? You turn that into a question because you're not sure. So maybe I'm not sure. maybe Charles, your homework until the next time you're on, which you know could be in a few weeks, is to plough through the archives of One Life Left and find out whether we've been back at GDC. We'll be there. Okay. We'll be back there this year with you, perhaps. Ooh. Uh, we're working that out. Oh, can yeah? I can I give you an exclusive reveal, please? What from the you have me on show? Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh gosh, <laughs> absolutely. You, you saw through my. You saw saw through my my crafty. Uh, oh, mm. oh dear, oh dear. You've you, you've got it out of me again. You've got it out of me. You're too clever, you two. <laughs> and that is what's known in the industry as a call forward, uh, because you are about to listen. It's the first episode of One Life Left of the new series. Simon, do you want to launch it? I'm going to push play right now. Here's the show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Love you. Bye. Hello, good evening, happy new year and welcome to One Life Left, Britain's favourite video game radio show. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. Happy new year, Simon. Happy new year to you, Steve. Last time I spoke to you, I, unknown to me, had Covid. (gasps) Did you? How close were we at the time? Well, not as close as we were when I joke kissed my brother-in-law on New Year's Eve (laughs) (laughs) and tested positive for COVID shortly afterwards. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I didn't know then. I I, I didn't, uh, well, very fortunately, no one else got it. Um, Mm. Yeah, so I tested positive on January the 2nd. Uh, So I spoke to you uh, New Year's Eve, didn't I? You did. Happy Uh, New Year's. Yeah, happy new year. I was feeling a little bit, a bit sniffly, but uh, yeah. So um, yeah, you know, I've been through it, Steve, since then. I start. It's, it was very similar to January twenty twenty two when I got COVID. So you know, m- maybe mm-hmm. it's an annual thing now. Will that be good if we repeat twenty twenty two again? If we just do a do over? Do you think no. so? I I was um, <laughs> so uh, you and I spoke on uh, New Year's Eve with our friend David, and uh, then I spent the the day and the evening with my sister. Um, and we watched the fireworks. When the fireworks, when, when midnight ticked over, mm. I looked at um, a display which normally I'm, I sort of get quite proud at. I'm like, oh, doesn't the London look good? And, mm. oh, yeah, da, da, da. and I watched it all and, and I just said, why are we celebrating a new year? Like, <laughs> everything is F, isn't it? We say so, that every uh, year, though. So maybe this well, is the year it turns around. I celebrated the new year um, in, you know. I think it was perfect surrounded by absolutely no Bates. one i knew no i mean maybe yeah. there were it was it was quite dark i was uh, i watched the fireworks the uh, the fireworks the london fireworks from the end of a road near where i live uh, so you could see the the wheel i could watch it go off and i had a can of gin and tonic and i just stood there alone cracked open the can watched the fireworks watched Everyone else filming them on their phone from, you know, two miles away uh, thought, you idiots. Then fil- <laughs> then, Happy New then, Year! Yeah, then filmed a bit on my phone <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then went home. And it was perfect. It was a perfect start to the new year. Fireworks were good, weren't they? They were good. Uh, mm. And the drones were good, weren't they? But, you know, still, I, that's the, the idea of doing... <laughs> the idea of... 
Yeah, 2022 was such hard work. Uh, Let's hope this one's easier Mm. and better. And it already is, Steve, isn't it? Because uh, the start of last year, uh, we were um, our our super special guest guest list was barren. Mm. We're kicking off 2023 with a bang. And it truly is a happy new year (laughs) because um, we're delighted to be joined this evening by Sir Charles Cecil. Oh, Simon, it's always <laughs> such a privilege. And Steve, it's always such a privilege to come on your show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, welcome, did you Charles. Get, uh, so did they make you a sir in the New Year's Honours? No, 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 no. There's no sirish whatsoever, I'm afraid. But um, I, I actually think, well, I, I, after after David Cameron gave his hairdresser or his wife's hairdresser an MBE, um, I, I have to say the whole thing just felt a little bit flat after that because it's... It is a little bit ludicrous. And, you know, I'm not going to rant on about our politicians, but by God. <laughs> I think anyway. it's all been, all been devalued a bit and you barely yeah. check the list anymore. That's right. <laughs> you, don't, you don't even look at your post. There's no point. No, indeed, indeed, indeed. But no, no, it was a great, I, it was, it was a great privilege. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very, very, I was, I was, I was very flattered and, and, and honoured. But no, 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 sirring. Um, of course, uh, Sir Ian Livingstone is mm. uh, you know he's been knighted and you know he's yep. uh, he's he's fantastic and good for him good for him arise sir ian i was thinking actually as you were talking and but I, I noticed during the uh the show intro whilst the theme was playing this new this new fancy software that we've got which puts our three faces side by side <laughs> look like the worst ep- uh, worst opening credits to dallas <laughs> Um, as a reference for you kids there. But there's one thing that these that the three individuals on camera at the moment don't need at the moment. That's a hairdresser, isn't it? Mm, very true. <laughs> I can see why you're so disparaging, Charles. I did no, like I the way it's Simon. terribly sad. I mean, it, it is terribly sad to be kind of... The only thing is, I think that I lost all my hair when I worked for Activision back in the, um, back in the late 80s. And um, they put me under so much pressure... And, and it's been, you know, it's been relatively straightforward since then. So I'm, I'm going to blame them all. And in particular, mm-hmm. my boss's boss, Jeff Mulligan, who used to phone me at like midnight because it suited him. And he didn't care that it was, you know, for him, it was Californian time. Uh, and for me, it was the middle of the night. And for, more for me, I'd, I'd always answer and jump to it. And, uh, and I think I lost my hair at that time. That sounds like there a lawsuit. Uh, it does. It sounds like, especially yeah. since if, if they do get bought by Microsoft... You know, that's that means you can attack Microsoft too. Go straight to the top. You could be uh, in charge of them this time next year. <laughs> oh, just Anything imagine is in, in a sliding doors world. Imagine if you'd never picked up. Then Activision might have gone under at that point. Mm. And I'm we afraid it uh... did go under. I'm afraid it did oh. go under. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is 1988, 89, um, and it, it, it all collapsed. And there's some great stories actually, but I don't think I should tell them publicly. Um, <laughs> but but one day I'll, I'll write a book. But but ultimately, what happened was a company called the Disc Company came in uh, and bought up all the assets, um, and then reinvented the name Activision, and the rest is history. History and the future. Uh, Charles there just giving us an example of some of the anecdotes he will be telling during our interview (laughs) section coming up. This is One Life Left. We're a video game radio show. Uh, We are going to talk about video games. Over the next hour, I've been playing some. Have you, Simon? I've been playing one. One, that's enough. Uh, We've got the video game news coming up where we'll read out some stories from websites around the internet and comment on them. Charles, are you uh, ready to pass comment on the stories that we, we read out? Yeah, very much so. Looking forward to it. Okay, great. Um, we've got letters and reviews coming up in the show as well. We don't have a feature uh, this week oh. because unfortunately our um, our feature correspondent refused to do a feature. She said, you do it. Uh, <laughs> oh, she's mm. she's uh, tasted fame, hasn't she? Look, mm. she's become a monster. Mm, indeed. It's time for the news. <laughs> It's ten past seven on Monday, the 9th of January. I'm not Anne Scantleberry, but this is the news. 
Now, we left the show on a cliffhanger last year, Steve, and so it's important, I think, to address the news that we left hanging, that One Life Left listeners will be uh, listening on tenterhooks mm. to... Argentina won the World Cup. Ah, oh, sorry to break it to you like that, but... Well, we've, we've tied it back. <laughs> Eurogamer wrote uh, on the 19th of December that EA has used its FIFA series to correctly predict the winner of the World Cup for the fourth consecutive time. The entire tournament was simulated inside FIFA 23, which outputted Argentina as the ultimate winners, with Lionel Messi winning the gold boot and Emmy Martinez winning the Golden Glove Awards. The predictions were published on November the 8th, long before the tournament had started. The game's ability to predict the winner for the fourth time in a row is testament to the accuracy of FIFA's official rankings. But of course, the uncertainty of the real world means that not everything was predicted correctly. For starters, it was, of course, Francis Kylian Mbappe who won the Golden Boot after scoring a hat-trick in the final, which ultimately wasn't enough for the European team to beat Argentina. The game also predicted that Argentina would face Brazil in the final, with France in third place. Brazil was instead knocked out of the tournament in the quarter-final against Croatia. There we go, Steve. Uh, well, they weren't the only people to predict it, predict it correctly, were they? Um, listeners to One Life Left will know that we, or I, predicted the results of the final correctly as well. I said Argentina would win based on a complex formula of deciding who I would least like to win. Um, <laughs> and I was right. So, <laughs> there we go. Steve, who's going to win the FA Cup? Who do I not want to win the FA Cup? That's a good question. Um, I don't want QPR to win because oh, you'd be ins- uns- insufferable. Uh, well, don't worry about that. The uh, team have already fulfilled your wishes by exiting from the third in the third round. Uh, I, I do. I would. I was going to say Wrexham um, because, but it would be quite a good Hollywood story, wouldn't it, for Welcome to Wrexham if they did go through? It'd be better if they got to the final and lost. <laughs> I'm, I'm into football sorry just to conclude I'm into football yeah. mostly for the schadenfreude as I think a lot of football fans Absolutely. are you don't gauge it by how much you want your team to win but how much you want other people to suffer because you know how much it hurts when your team lose and as a Stockport fan I know how much things hurt <laughs> so yeah I'll, I'll wait until we get closer to the end and then I'll tell you how much misery I can inflict with my predictions Charles you, you worked on a World Cup game didn't you? <laughs> Simon, you promised me you promised me that you would not mention that ever 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 again it was um yes it was a it was a very very fine world cup game thank you for asking well so i was just i mean um given how closely ea and fifa have worked together and the restrictions that they've sort of pulled together what what was it like working on the on a world cup game at the time because this was in, when was it i don't the, the, the arctic arctic world cup uh, which, of course, was the base, would have been used to accurately, accurately predict <laughs> who would have won Mexico 86, which is what it right. was called. Um, I, I think you will find, uh, and anybody who had the misfortune to buy that particular game, that the packaging was actually really good because you got a wall chart with lots of little <laughs> stickers. It was absolutely fantastic. I, I mean, really, there was not, not much more you could ask for because, after all, when you buy a World Cup soccer game, you don't want to play the game. You want the stickers, mm. don't you? <laughs> well, indeed, indeed. Um, did, so did you work closely with anybody on, on the game from, from the world of football? Uh, Jesus, this is the 80s. You know, it doesn't... It, yeah. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Right. It was... Um, US Gold had um, gone ahead in about 1985 and... Well, no, it would have been 86. It could have been summer of 86, yeah. And we were given about three or four months to write it. Um, and they came to us in an absolute panic. Uh, Jeff Brown, who was the um, the owner and the founder, turned up in a Testarossa. We were we were in Hull. I don't think anybody had seen anything like it. People talked about it. He turned up in this Testarossa and said, "We're going to pay you quite a lot of money to write this game." That, frankly, he said, and I said, "But we've got very little time." He went, "No, you're fine. You just base it on the game you've got already." We went, "Really." He went, yeah, yeah, Broken yeah. Broken sword. We'll give you this deal. <laughs> exactly. We'll give, you, we'll give you this game. Arctic's, uh, Arctic's World Cup soccer. He said, um, we'll give you all this money, um, but just don't tell anybody. So that was the deal. We weren't allowed to tell anybody. Wow. When did that expire? Was it now? <laughs> <laughs> Six months ago, Simon. And so I just thought I ought to you know, save, save the exclusive for, 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 for you, Steve, and your, 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 your uh, wonderful listeners. 
Thank wow. you so much. All right, new story two, Simon. New story two. Uh, this is from VideoGamesChronicle.com, uh, written on the 4th of January. An analyst has predicted there won't be a next-gen Nintendo console this year, instead suggesting it will arrive in 2024. Speaking with GamesIndustry.biz as part of a feature given predictions for the upcoming year in video games, Piers Harding-Rolls, research director at Ampere Analysis, has predicted that Nintendo's next console won't arrive this year. I'm not expecting a next-gen Nintendo console in 2023. We have 2024 in our forecasts. Rolls Harding said, also stating that he expects The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom to sell plenty of Switch hardware. While Nintendo has yet to announce its plans for post-Switch hardware, speculation has mounted around Nintendo's plans for successor to the console, which launched in 2017. While the Nintendo Switch has not had a significant internal revision since its launch, the company has released two physical revisions, the Nintendo Switch Lite and Nintendo Switch OLED. According to Digital Foundry's John Linneman, there was a mid-generation refresh planned, but it never materialised. 2017. So we're now in space year 23, Mm. and there's no sign of a new Switch. Uh, Are we both surprised by that? I'm not surprised by... Are you both? I'm I'm, I'm one. I'm not surprised by the analyst... uh, doing what analysts do, which is make the safest bet with their prediction. We are in 2023 now. It takes a while for a hype cycle to unfold. It is unlikely, if they haven't yet said they're going to drop a console, that something's going to come out this year. It's possible, back end of the year. Uh, But it's more likely that it'll come out next year. So nothing here is surprising. Now, whether the bigger picture, is it surprising that Nintendo haven't gotten with this already? I don't think so. It's already, it's making loads of money, right? It's It's been the standout success from this generation. Um, and they've got, well, I don't know how many people, but millions and millions of people in their ecosystem buying digital goods. Um, and they're profiting from every single sale. So I don't see there's a big rush for Nintendo there. From a... Um, from a dev point of view, Charles, how do you uh, are you are you surprised that uh, you've not been given more power to play with yet from Nintendo? Well, I'm looking forward to the Switch 4K that they promised five years ago. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to be very naughty and completely change the subject um, because I was the proud owner for Christmas of a Steam Deck. And mm. Ooh, uh, who was a good boy be, last year? Well, I know, and I've I'm I'm Mac based uh, work wise, so it became a real pain whenever I wanted to play PC games. Uh, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal piece of kit, um, and I think that um, I think that Nintendo might have a bit of a run for their money because obviously the power of the Steam Deck is, is such that I think Nintendo probably do need to refresh. The Switch. Um, uh, it's you know it's a great, great, great machine. And Nintendo are a fantastic company, um, but I think they probably do need to come up with something more powerful and it feels a little bit more contemporary. I don't know what they need that power for, though. Like I, I haven't played a single game on the Switch where I've gone, oh, this would benefit from you know uh, a better uh, frame rate or fancier graphics or anything indeed nintendo's main franchises don't profit from the aesthetics that the uh that that kind of power grants right now sure they're trying to broaden out into i don't know call of duty has been is coming on the switch or is on the switch already right that's that's one of the uh, offers from microsoft from microsoft right and yeah the next generation will need to support things like that but the games that you buy a nintendo platform for does the next generation mario kart or zelda or mario need more power i don't think so i sit firmly in between you two lucky <laughs> me um where uh yeah so when you when you think about call of duty you think about resident evil you think about um some of the other AAA games uh, control etc when they are on the switch they're cloud-based versions which i don't mm. think is um, a, a long-term solution, certainly not for for what is in theory a portable console. Like you, Charles, I uh, I adore my Steam Deck. Um, I went absolutely nuts in the Steam sale um, at Christmas, <laughs> purely because of the Steam Deck. Um, and I think you know what I, um, admittedly a hardcore gamer, um, do these days is 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 now if um, you know. Whereas a few years ago, I would have preferred to have bought 
the Switch version of a game. Um, now, I think twice about that because, um, you know, often a Switch version can be compromised from a visual mm-hmm. point of view or, or, or what have you, which you would be, which you would previously happy happily have traded off for convenience um whereas now the steam deck will at least let you play it for about half an hour if you're playing a demanding game on the train however the um the simplistic console experience which appeals to core nintendo fans turn it on play it it works is the absolute opposite of a steam deck so um you know, there have been games that have been verified on uh, on the Steam Deck, um, which is Valve's rating for how you know easy they are to to play on a Steam Deck. Whether you need to do any internal any tinkering yourself, there are games that have been verified before, which are now suddenly unsupported because EA has introduced a new launch or <laughs> that. That as a player is like a right nightmare. Equally, there are games that are listed as unsupported on the store that you buy and you and you can play on your steam deck so we're in this really weird world where you've got this badge of of um uh, or, or, uh, this sort of certificate saying how how well it plays on your steam deck yet even even when you buy it you've got no confidence in whether it's going to work or not now thankfully the uh, the steam store is super consumer friendly and lets you refund the game if you've played it under two hours and within two weeks the opposite of many other digital storefronts so actually in some sense that doesn't matter you can buy it download it see if it works and if it doesn't you, you can get a refund um but yeah uh the um you know so when you think about we were playing mario kart only earlier today and that's still a wonderful experience on on, on switch Nintendo has the secret source to the hardware and all of its games are technically proficient, whereas everybody else mm. seems to struggle. So, yes, Steve, you're right. I think for Nintendo games, we absolutely are, are mm. perfectly served at the moment. However, for games that, are, that came out last year and are coming out this year that also have Switch versions, I think you know often you really do need to know that they are decent versions before you're happy to commit. Well mediated, Simon. Well done. Thanks. Hmm. Uh, Nintendo Switch was the UK's best-selling console in 2022, <laughs> while FIFA 23 topped the annual software sales charts. According to GFK sales data published on GamesIndustry.biz, 2 million games consoles were sold in the UK last year, down 29% compared to 2021. Drop was mainly attributed to PS5 supply shortages and the decline in Switch sales. Nintendo's console ended the year as the best-selling console ahead of PS5 and third-place Xbox Series XS, although fewer than 60,000 units separated the three systems. On the software front, FIFA 23 was last year's best-selling game ahead of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 and LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Elden Ring charted number four, followed by Grand Theft Auto V, God of War, Ragnarok, FIFA 22, Horizon Forbidden West, Red Dead Redemption 2 and Nintendo Switch Sports. In total... 34.2 million games were sold last year, which was down almost 6% compared to 2021. Uh, 9.2 million accessories is how that story ends. So, the Switch wins, but it was pretty close last year. This is usually, uh, those stats-based stories are usually where you ask me a question about what's been selling and what games are on that top 10 list and how many you can name. I am relieved because there are some of those games that I definitely wouldn't have put there. Like, really big numbers for uh, Wii Switch Sports. Sorry, Switch Sports, not Wii Sports. Yeah. Um, and I'm very surprised Skywalker Saga sold more than Elden Ring as well. That's astonishing. Uh, was it on... It was on more formats, wasn't it, right. of course? Mm. Um uh, so uh, yeah, that's well. Yeah, and also interesting to see old, um, old games <laughs> doing so well. Mm. Mm. Uh, this is UK only, uh, of course. So um, yes, interesting. <laughs> interesting. I would say. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. The reason I was skipping around was that um, uh, we've got another story that I was, uh, which I couldn't find. Oh, here it is. Um, uh, which. Uh, uh, touches on something that we talked about uh, before, where um, new games uh, are very, very quickly discounted. And I think mm. Skywalker Saga, uh, released in the summer, did pretty well. But towards Christmas, it was it was it was quite heavily on promotion. So that uh, that must have been a driver for those sales as well. Brilliant game, I, I will add. Uh, unlike some of the other games that do get heavily discounted very quickly, um, but uh, yeah. Uh, that, that well really Christmas, felt like thought. you were subtweeting Charles right there. The way Did you it? delivered, the way you delivered that, like 
unlike some of the games, well, who's listening to this? It's just me and Charles. <laughs> One of us, you're aiming that out. I haven't put out any games for four or five years, so I was talking to the listeners and um, addressing uh, games. Right, like so you were you were Gotham, subtweeting one of them. Gotham, not well. No, we we <laughs> talked about this. I, know. I was astonished over Christmas to see. Uh, so you know, FIFA, which came out in September, uh, just before Christmas, was sixty percent off um, on all formats. You could get mm. it for twelve quid um, on Xbox. Uh, Gotham Knights uh, was down to fifty percent. A game that came out in October. Um, Need for Speed, which came out in the beginning of December, was I think. 40% off on Steam by the end of the year. Wow. All of these AAA games are um, seem to um, come out one minute, and then five minutes later, you can pick them up at substantially discounted price. The new story I was going to reference was about Marvel's Midnight Sun, which is not a bad game. It's done very, very well. Less than a month after... or so seemingly has done very, very well. Um, less than a month after launch, it's 33% off on mm. all platforms. Um, there's only so long you can continue this mm. aggressive discounting of AAA games at launch before you kill that launch market, surely. Mm. What, um, so, what, what do you think the strategy yeah, so is? Can I just there? add in? I think you're absolutely right, Simon, and, and, and I think you've got to be honest and either release it at, uh, at, at the price, because we're talking about games now at 70 quid. Um, and and if they're going to be discounted a month later, then nobody's going to buy them at seventy quid because they know that they're going to have to they'll, they'll be paying you know fifty quid in in, in a month's time. Um, we we just to put my hands up in defence with Beyond a Steel Sky, I think we waited about a year for a thirty percent discount, um, mm. and it and it has dropped, but it's dropped over over two years. Um, so I'm completely on your side. I, I think let, let's be let, let's be honest about what you know these games are going to sell for, um, rather than whacking them in at a huge, great retail price and then and then discounting straight away. Yeah, and, and look, I, you know, I, I think discounting is is a completely valid strategy. Um, of course, but, but just going so uh, so hard so early. Um, I mean, I don't think it's a surprise that the companies that are doing it are beholden to shareholders. Mm. Um, and so what they're doing is they create a lot of hype at launch and then they're, they're immediately sort of bumping those sales up. Now, I, I, I think what we haven't quite worked out is what that what that step and that frequency should be um, because, you know, uh, obviously pricing is, is uh, hugely important and people don't ever want to devalue the work that they've done and the effort that they've, that they've poured in. And I think that you can go too slowly um, because... Uh, you know, if, if people then start moving on or start forgetting about your game, and if they, you know, um, um, then you need to discount quite hard to get them in, interested in it again. But yeah, it's 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 AAA rather than anything Charles or I are doing. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> Is the is the concern for me? Uh, you know, people will start to notice this stuff. But I've lost track here, Steve. Uh, I was just a couple of other stories because we're running late. Um, did you? S- uh, let's finish up on this. Electronic Arts doesn't expect to, f- to be able to recover the majority of Madden NFL 23 franchise saves files that were corrupted last week due to a data storage issue. In a forum post, the publisher apologised for the issue, which impacted players who logged into franchise leagues uh, between around 2:45 Eastern Time on December the 28th and uh, 5.45 a.m. Eastern Time on December the 29th. Unfortunately, if you logged into franchise leagues during this time, your data was affected due to a data storage issue that resulted in franchise files being corrupted, the publisher said. Franchise mode is a long-running Madden NFL game mode which lets players manage a team over multiple seasons. First off, we're sorry that this happened, EA said. We know how important your your franchises are to you, and we are actively working on a fix to restore some files via a backup as soon as possible. However, not all affected leagues can be restored. The team is currently projecting around 40% of leagues to be recovered. It's unclear in total how many people uh, have been affected by the issue. EA said it plans to deliver a timeline this week around the potential restoration of saved files from a backup. If you logged in during the above window, we encourage you to start a new franchise as this uh, <laughs> as the mode is up is running. It added, uh, yeah, what a nightmare. I mean, thank goodness we don't care about American football, eh? but uh, I picked the story because it uh, it highlights 
a very real challenge on cloud connected devices. Mm. Um, God, can you imagine? I mean, I suppose this is just about. You would have thought that 101 of of service is you keep that data really, really safe, which clearly they didn't. Hmm. Like, it's not just about cloud connections either. It's about the perils of um, games that are constantly updated, live service games. Because if you are updating uh, the you know the the core game and that is treating save games in a different way adding content uh, removing content then there's always the chance you can damage the saved games of someone now whether they're stored locally or remotely uh, you can do damage to those and we've seen incidents like this before nothing as widespread as this and nothing with that kind of yeah so sorry guys guys. yeah just (laughs) in many ways you know the fun is in the game, isn't it? So <laughs> we're just giving you more content. You know? <laughs> just, exactly. Do you not love franchises? Do another one. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that, that sucks. Uh, but again, there's very, very little chance of it affecting any of us. So well done, us, for our well done, uninterest in, uh, in American football, I guess. Although I, I watched the Super Bowl, Simon. Surely you, of course did, you do, Steve. Do you not? Uh, it's on very late. I know, but... Special day. Hmm. Well, they'll be coming up soon, Steve. I look forward. Have we asked EA who's going to win it? <laughs> Good point. Let's we'll bet one life left's house on <laughs> exactly, it. Exactly. Or on my misanthropic prediction. Is that all the news? That's all the news. All right. Thanks, Simon. One life left video game news with Anne Scantleberry. <laughs> If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. My name is Steve Curran. I'm joined by Simon Byron and super special guest Charles Cecil, who we're going to talk to right now. Charles, we are genuinely, uh, you know, uh, sometimes it can be a bit of a trudge getting up to the shed on a Sunday evening, uh, com- <laughs> coming to work. <laughs> uh, but I skipped up, skipped up today, uh, which was um, slightly challenging, actually. We had very heavy rain. Um, but, uh, yeah, great to see you on the show. When was the last time you were on? It was a, probably about two years ago. In fact, what happened, Simon, was, was that you phoned me. Uh, I, I was just coming out of the pub. And as you know, I very rarely drink. Uh, but I happened to have been drinking in this particular occasion. And you phoned me up and you said, right, you're live now. And it was all, I, I felt a little bit embarrassed. I hope I didn't make too much of a fool of myself. This time, at least Absolutely. you had the decency to give me a day's notice. Two, two, day, two days notice. Thank you. Many days notice. Actually, I gave our listeners some notice on our Discord. Um, and they were very excited. Uh, and we asked whether they had any um any questions that they would like to ask you? Uh, because you um, you told me in advance you weren't ready to confirm specifics uh, mm. on what you're up to next, although we will mm. get this out of you later mm. on. Um, uh, Kenjara wrote, is he coming on to exclusively announce the next Broken Sword? Isn't it brilliant? Yes or no? Isn't it absolutely brilliant that people <laughs> care enough? I mean, it's such a huge privilege. And, of course, there will be another Broken Sword at some point. We have so much new... There's so much going on at the moment. Um, and I, I'm just always really, really flattered that people care so much. So uh, thank you so much for the question, which I'm going to very skillfully sidestep. 
You didn't sidestep. Uh, you just announced another broken yeah. sword at yeah. some point. Come in. There you go. Exclusive. Yeah. We need an exclusive jingo. Uh, Ken Jara goes on to ask, uh, I'd like to know if he were to get the chance to make a Tintin game, which episode would he base it on? He clearly loves Tintin. Oh, what a good question. What a good question. Hmm. There are some Tintins that um, used to be popular in the 70s that um, are now deemed utterly inappropriate, uh, as indeed they are. So it certainly wouldn't be one of those. Um, Good sidestep, Charles. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I've been very good at this. Um, uh, (laughs) uh, Captain Haddock and the... Uh, I tell you what, the one, the, the, the one, the, 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 the black, black gold, I think it's called, which is where they go into the, um, the desert, um, and looking for oil, um, and get attacked. Uh, that's the one I'm going to pull out just because it probably well, fairly done. clear that I can't actually think of any really no, good, no, no. clever it's a smart, answers. Smart dev choice, Charles, because it's in the desert and it all <laughs> looks the same, doesn't it? It's just loads of sand. <laughs> It does, and, and a texture, you know, just it's mm-hmm. just get Unreal or, or, or Unity. Just plug in the the, 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 the the sand simulator, and and that's it. That's it. There you go. Bosh, done, ship it. Bit of water, that bit of water Charles. simulator, and you can have an oasis. Come, what more do you want? <laughs> <laughs> well, that leads into the next question, actually. And, um, you know, you don't need to listen to the show, Charles, because you feature very, very frequently in it. Uh, when we talk about you and um, mm. Bond and the things that you do. Um, and Morgizi has written in and said, for super special Sir Charles, you emerge Ursula Andress-like from the sea. What's the first thing that catches your eye? <laughs> Steve and his wife. We talk, we... Steve and his wife. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, that was, well, do you know what? Uh, the last time I saw Steve was in this, was in Croatia. It was fantastic. And I ran mm. off the edge of a, of, of, of a pontoon, jumped into the water, which I have to say wasn't deep enough. So I rather jarred my elbow. <laughs> um, staggered out trying to look manly to be confronted by Steve, his wonderful daughter and his wonderful wife, and news that Steve is now the, uh, the, 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 the senior vice president of business development of Spaghetti Games. So he told me. <laughs> Can't wait to tell my wife that I have a wife. <laughs> oh, 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 now that's very naughty, isn't it? That is very naughty. I, you see, I'm so out of touch. The, I, I would have said, I should have said the missus, but that's probably not allowed either. Your partner, <laughs> your lover, your lover. Isn't, I mean, lover, lover is such a wonderful, yes, your lover. You know, it's, it's lover is exactly, word it's exactly the word I was thinking when Charles emerged from the ocean. Like, <laughs> exactly. Beautiful, beautiful sight. Um, it is probably <laughs> best, probably for the best that Charles doesn't listen to the show, given the number it of times we've well, brought this up. Um, his, his, uh, um, weasel spoon touches on some other... Uh, topics of conversation. Sir Charles, what's your daily routine? Is it 5am at the gym, 11am at the whiskey, or something in between? If you carve out time to play games, what's your current game of choice? Mm. Oh, thank you. Well, as I say, I'm I'm a very proud recipient of of a Steam Deck. And um, I, I of course, played Return to Monkey Island. I mean, one one, one had to. Um, And and, and it was great, and I enjoyed it. Um, The the one that I think... um, I was really looking forward to was Immortality, of course, from Sam Barlow, which um, is in many ways incredible and in many ways not. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just fantastic. But I have to say, I do play it sitting up in bed um, with a cushion behind my head um, and and just really enjoy it. Um, Vampire Survivors is another one I played a bit of. Citizen Sleeper. Um, It's just fantastic to have all of these games, which you can just play on your Steam Deck. That's I not to say, agree. you know, that I've given up on my iPad, which I also love, and also my Switch. My Switch is not quite as loved as it was, you know, maybe a month ago when the Steam Deck arrived in its box. Stuart, who's listening now, uh, says that he's just started replaying the Broken Sword games on his Steam Deck. In light of the exclusive announcement, should he be rushing through them <laughs> or taking his time? That's a really good question, Stuart. Thank you. Uh, uh, this, this, just, just to be absolutely clear, because uh, our, our wonderful um, community manager Wendy is going to string me up by a very part, very painful um, part of my anatomy if, if, if there's any sense of an exclusive reveal. So, it, all, all I would say is, 
you don't need to feel <laughs> you don't need to feel like you need to rush. But you know, uh, in, in, enjoy replaying them. Um, you, you, you don't have anything to fear about you know having to cut anything short. Thank you for those questions, listeners. So, so Charles, yes, uh, everything well with you? I mean, I've not seen you. I've not seen you in person for for probably since. I've probably not seen you since GDC, have I? Um, what have you been up to since? That GDC. Was that the GDC where you and Jason absolutely rum- rumbled me? Oh my god, that was no, that was terrible. No, well, that was that was one that was one GDC where we rumbled you. That, and, can, and can we to tell- be fair, that was that was Jason that did. Oh, please, do, well, if you if you're happy to tell the story, absolutely. <laughs> I am. So uh, we we were uh, well, we, we we met with Apple. Um, this would have been 2017, probably Gamescom 2017. Uh, and we signed very, very strict NDAs. Um, and they asked us what we were working on. And at that time, it was Beyond a Steel Sky. And then they invited us to be part of Apple Arcade, which was a huge privilege. Um, and it was you know, absolutely wonderful working with Apple. But by God, their, their, their NDA, was their non-disclosure agreement, was absolutely terrifying. And I was terrified. that Because I cannot keep a secret. If, For God's sake, if, if there's anything that you, you want kept Wendy secret. Wendy knows that, Charles. She does, <laughs> Wendy does know that. Wendy does know that. So, so for example, we, we, they asked me to record some stuff um, for them at, at GDC. And I climbed under into the bed and recorded it because I knew that if I, I was just terrified that somebody was going to hear it from next door. Anyway, <laughs> so I am super, super cautious. And I meet you and Jason. Oh, I've just, I've just swum from Alcatraz. And you guys are great. You, you did you just, know, you Joe just swum from Alcatraz. <laughs> so, so we, and emerged Angela Andrus like from the, uh, the water. Um, not. Um, but anyway, so uh, Jason, who's, I mean, you're both super smart. Um, but Jason sort of asked me what I'm doing. And I said, oh, um, you know, I'm staying for an extra few days. And I kind of look, uh, give him the, oh, what a clever person I am, because you can't possibly know why I'm staying for a couple of days. Um, and then the next day I bump into you guys. And he says, I've worked it out. I've worked it out. Um, you're staying for the uh, Apple launch. So therefore, you must have a game on Apple Arcade. And the color absolutely drained <laughs> from my face because I thought that this was the biggest secret that could never, ever be cracked. And, and Jason had cracked it in, in, in about two minutes talking to me. And it absolutely, do you know, I was, I was terrified. Having said that, I, I turned up a few days later at the launch in, in Apple Park and um, tweeted a picture of myself outside the Steve Jobs um, uh, theatre and um, uh, some, some, some of the, the wonderful Apple folk did get very cross with me because they thought that I was actually, you know, jumping the gun. And um, uh, anyway, it, it, it was all forgotten and forgiven. But yeah, so, so, so I think, but did I see you next? I don't remember if I saw you uh, at GDC later. No, the last GDC I saw you was, um, was, 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 was the dinner that we had. You yeah, we went for dinner. For, uh, last year, yes. You were course. both there. Steve yes, you was were. there as well. Um, you were. But you know, I think I think that was that the last time I saw you in person. I know that we speak quite frequently, but it's the last time I saw you in person. Anyway, I think so, it was. Yeah, of course, what, what, what are you up to? What are you Simon, working on? Simon, you are. You, do you know? You almost caught me out there, but you know, my super sleuth senses. Mm. I, I could see through that one. Um, we are working. We're, we're, we're working on a, on on a number of projects. Um, and I, I promise you, promise you, promise you, they're really, really exciting. Uh, I, I just promise you. And everybody would say that because that's what people said say. But um, I, I do have the wrath of Wendy, um, like like the sword of Damocles. Uh, it is over my head, having to choose between wanting to spill the, my beans, spill, spill the beans, and talk about it all, uh, versus the the, the, the threat of um, what Wendy will do if I do. So I'm afraid that I Wendy's a- just too terrifying. I have a question, which is a half guess, right? Um, and it's been it's been on my mind for I don't know fifteen years or something. Long time ago, Charles, uh, when I was working at Zoe Mode, uh, there was this talk. There was talk of a charity uh, game thing called One Big Game, um, and I had a meeting with them because they were, I, I you know I wanted to get involved and, and do a game for One Big Game. In the end, I ended up doing Chime, one of the games that I'd made before, uh, with One Big Game. But there was talk of a game that Charles Cecil was working on 
back then, which I thought just had a just this really, really strong pitch, which was this narrative minesweeper. That's it. Minesweeper, but an adventure game as well. Never I mean I don't know what happened to that, but is that one of the games that's coming out? And if not, can, you, no, can, can one of us be. make it? Yeah, it should yes, be. yes, 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 yes. Can I, can I, can I consult on it, please, Steve? Let's make, let's all make it together. Yeah, that would be. Great. I've got this, nothing this to was, contribute. This was a fellow Simon called Martin. Can, Simon, you can publish it. Yeah, Martin. Yes, That's right. This was a fellow, Martin, good, bright, bright guy, Martin Durand, and um, handsome and, too. Sorry, handsome. Handsome, very too. handsome, yeah, very, very handsome. handsome man. It's all, it's all right. Yeah, he doesn't listen, tall, Charles. We can tall, talk about dark. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, gorgeous. Really, I agree. All right, so we're going to make that game. They all are. Brilliant. They're all tall and gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good, um, Simon. We're really low on time. I know. Let's do. A, let's do a letter. Okay, quickly. Let's do a letter. Chris Conroy writes, dear team, an extraordinarily super special guest. Happy New Year, wishing you all the very best for 2023 and another wonderful year, setting new records for longest running video games radio show. Literally untouchable at this stage. I was delighted to hear that Sir Charles was coming on the show as it gives me the chance to uh, to check to make sure that his knees are, are okay after I affectionately but misguidedly sat on his Santa knee at the 2017 Marioki Christmas party. <laughs> he was very generous about it, saying, most people have sat on the arm of the chair, but you're welcome where you are. <laughs> I'm going to interrupt here, Charles. Charles, that can't have been the first time you've used that line, can it? <laughs> So thanks, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking to Simon Simon Parkin in the week, and he was my little helper. I, <laughs> he was a little helper, and I couldn't believe it. All you said to me was just dress up as Father Christmas and give out gifts, and everybody sat on my leg. I, I, I just did not know what to do. I didn't know what to do. It's just as well I had a, 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 a wig and, and a long fake beard because uh, you know i was I, I just indeed and 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 thank you and well, there was some there were some fairly heavy lads that sat on my <laughs> knee as well and i have to say if you're one of them then um my knees have just about recovered thank you so much for asking <laughs> she says thank you charles you made this old adventurous night one of my other memorable cecil events was the many hours I spent trying to figure out how to get through the dragon caverns in Lure of the Temptress, wandering back and, to, back and forwards, trying to solve what to early teen me was a really tough puzzle. My mother had decided this was when she was going to watch what I was playing, and I think she had a hard time believing I wasn't trying to misdirect her, and that somewhere beyond this obtuse puzzle was a game that had all the bawdy delights of the box art. She was partly right, of course, great times. So a question for Mr. C. Across all your games, do you have a favourite puzzle... Or one that you look back on and think, maybe that was a bit too much. Your Christmas um, crush uh, correspondent, uh, uh, Chris Conroy. Uh, uh, thank you, Chris. Can I can I just tell you the story about the bawdy artwork, though? And I've said it many times, but forgive me, I'll be very quick. <laughs> so basically, we, we wrote this, uh, we were writing this game and came up with a, a number of crappy um, titles. And then the head of marketing, who at the time was um, a woman called Alison Beasley, phoned me up and said, right, we need to have a name. Come up with some names. So I came up with loads of names, and I'm sure that all of them were rubbish. And at the bottom, I put Lure of the Temptress in brackets. We can't really call it this. And she phoned me up and she said, we really want this to be called Lure of the Temptress. We think it's a great name. And I said, Alison, there's no luring and there's no Temptress. And there was a <laughs> silence. And she said, can you put one in? So, Chris, I'm afraid that a lot of the stuff that went into that was because we, and, and this is a le lesson in life, don't tell marketing people anything that you actually, unless you're deadly serious about it, because they will grasp it and take it off on a tangent. And I mean, Alison is wonderful, but she she made us um, rewrite the whole story, add a whole lot of section because there was no temptress at all. Um, and, and by the end, there was. So so that's that's the story of the of the caves and um, and, and, and the, the big monster and all the stuff that we added 
to try and make the game fit the name. So apologies, and I hope you were able to get through those caves in the end. Um, the, the one I, the, the one I have to, um, if you're talking about my own puzzles, um, which um, sorry if I'm being egotistical, then you know I am very affectionate about the goat one because it, it was a crap puzzle uh, and it was really unfair. Um, and you know it really showed how how naive I was. Um, and yet, it's there are so many people that talk so affectionately about it, and. You know, that just basically shows what a wonderful community we have. I mean, I'm sure across the game, but particularly in the adventure field, we, we just have lovely people who, even when they're given a really crappy, unfair puzzle, turn it into something that's sort of heroic and fun. And um, yeah, so, 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 that, so what, that's so the one what, I'm going to so choose. What, what, what was it about the goat puzzle that sticks out? I mean, so well, why, so what, why, what why was, was it so that, controversial? Right. Well, what happened was that um, we, when we were at Adventure Games, um, a, a proportion of people who were very vocal understood the grammar uh, and what they'd do is they'd get through very quickly and then they'd complain. So what I thought is, haha, I'm going to stop them in their tracks and I'll come up with a puzzle. And the reason it was controversial is that it changes the way that the UI works um, midway through. And um, so, of course, for those people who really understood the grammar, that were to, you know, they, they loved it because they were stopped for 10, 15 minutes and they could continue. But for the vast majority of people, they had absolutely no idea how to move forward. And of course, in those days, it was before the, before the internet. So they had to wait a month before the magazines, or even two months, before their magazines started printing what the solutions were. Um, so, but, but then again, people played games differently then. People, I think in some ways, liked the fact that they were being frustrated. And, you know, that is just not like that now. People want to move forward. They, they don't want to be blocked in the same way. It was different times. It was different times. And my, I, I'm just going to, I know that we're running out of time, but um, I, I really knew that I'd, you know, reached the big time when um, I, I, was, I was in London and uh, in, in a taxi a couple of years ago. Uh, and the taxi driver went, oh, so where, you know, where are you off to? And I said, I'm off to, I can't remember, Microsoft or, or, or Sony or whatever. He went, oh, what do you do? And I don't know, I write games. Oh, any I've heard of, he said. And I went, no, I doubt it. Because I knew that he'd be a FIFA or a Call of Duty or whatever. <laughs> and he went, um, he went, go on, try me, try me. So I said, broken sword. And he looked round at me and he went, are you the bastard that, introduced, that invented the goat puzzle then? And you, <laughs> when cabbies in London are swearing at wow. you because of the game. And I felt really proud. Perfect. Perfect. That's uh, our only letter we've got time for this week. If you want to write a letter to One Life Left, you can do so by emailing team at onelifeleft.com or you can join us on our Discord to chat about all of this, to listen to the show live as we record it on Sunday night, uh, which you can find at uh, hello.onelifeleft.com and you can stick letters on the Discord as well. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're also a podcast. Uh, you can find that, again, at hello.onelifeleft.com or if you want to go straight to www.onelifeleft.com, that works too. Uh, there you can find the show notes written by our under-caretaker and producer, Phil. Thank you so much Cheers, to him. Cheers, Phil. Uh, Happy New Year, Phil. Uh, you'll also find any links, helpful links, that kind of explanatory stuff if you don't get what we are doing here Um You'll find your answer there, or, you know, often we don't get what we're doing here either. But we're still here, Simon, 2006 to 2023. Is that right? 17 years. I could be bothered, right? Yeah. I was going to say, did I it for you? Do the math. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We're almost an adult, Steve. What are we going to do next year when we're 18? World's Start our drinking. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Right. We've got to get on with this time for the reviews. Simon, what have you been playing over our Christmas break? So, very briefly, uh, I've been playing, much to my surprise, um, I'm not sure if you noticed uh, what started ha happening towards the end of the year, Ubisoft started returning to Steam. Um, they'd previously gone off elsewhere and uh, decided to go alone. Um, but over the last few months, they've been putting games back on and they've been launching them uh, with a significant discount, which I don't mind in this instance. <laughs> rather than putting... Because these games are effectively uh, mm. two or three years old. Um, there was uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, there was one other I can't remember. And then there was Immortals Phoenix Rising, which was there 
Breath of Wild alike uh, that they launched on Stadia and Switch, which is where I played it previously, um, and PlayStation and Xbox before. It is an unashamed. Um, I was going to say ripoff. Let's. I'm not going to say that, just in case I can get into trouble for it. Um, homage, tribute to Breath of the Wild. I mean, there is so much about it which which um, shares the same DNA. Um, obviously not up to the same standards as the Nintendo-designed game, but it, it's exactly the same. And if you like Breath of the Wild, and who doesn't, and you want to play a game that is certainly not good, it's definitely not bad, it is the very definition of a 7 out of 10 game, uh, which, which is, it's just completely fine. Completely fine. Um, I've, I've uh, you know, there are four major dungeons in Breath of the Wild. There are four gods you need to free um, before tackling the sort of main game's objective. I've just freed the fourth god. Um, what well, it's, it's really straightforward. It has some puzzles that are fine and that won't get shouted at you by a taxi driver. Um, the combat is okay. It has bosses that you can conquer in the first go. Um, and so, yeah, I'm having a fine old time. It cost me £12.50. It's two years old. It's absolutely fine, 7 out of 10. Uh, I have been playing an unashamed rip-off as well, Simon. Or tribute, oh, yes. or homage, who can tell? I've been playing Disney's Dreamlight Valley. Uh, now, have you experienced this, either of you? No, I I went to um, yeah. I'm trying to get Ramona to start playing games, and I looked at buying it physically. It's not available physically yet. Mm-hmm. I do see you pop up my Steam friend that's playing it all the time, Steve. Mm. Well, it's not me, is it? It's it's my daughter, it? clearly, who's playing it at 11:30 p.m. at night. <laughs> um, here's what happened. Uh, I I didn't play it for a while. It is a tribute or homage or ripoff of um, Animal Crossing. Uh, except for with Disney characters. You start in a village, it's empty, overgrown with weeds or thorns in this case. You clean up the thorns and then you can invite Disney characters to come and uh, live with you. Uh, You solve little quests, you build them houses, you open Scrooge McDuck's store where you can buy new furniture, you can change your outfit. It has everything that Animal Crossing has and it's all brilliantly executed. Really, really lovely UI, um, like fantastic animation, and it's very wholesome. The one major difference is, unlike Animal Crossing, it is not gated. So Animal Crossing slices your time up and says you can only play it for 20 minutes a day, and then it gets boring, basically. There isn't that much to do. Disney has none of that. By the time you have finished uh, picking up the sticks that litter your village or mining, the rocks will have replenished, the sticks will be back, you can do that again. There is always stuff for you to do. Uh, and it has, you know, premium currencies in there, Fortnite-inspired as well, Battle Pass-inspired, things like that. So I was excited for my daughter to play this, but also wary, because it has practices that I know can be addictive and are designed to be addictive, and I didn't want her to experience those. So I warned her of those and said, we're only going to play this for 20 minutes, half an hour a day, and that's it. And she was fine with that, and so we started. Uh, And then I got addicted and started playing it for four or five hours a day, just tidying my village in the name of helping her out. Because if I do this tomorrow, there'll be more for her to do and she won't see the evil side of this game. She won't see any of this stuff. Anyway, all done. Um, Very good. Got addicted to it. Needn't have worried because she's too scared to open up the beach segment of the game because Ursula from The Little Mermaid might be down there. She doesn't want to do that. And because of that, all of the characters we've unlocked now are like, so can we go to the beach? And she's like, absolutely not. And the game is stuck where it is. Um, so we're, we're now not playing it anymore. Uh, but while we did, I was addicted and she thought it was okay. Seven out of 10. Charles, what have you been playing? Well, I'm going to go back to Immortality because, um, if you don't mind, uh, because the it, it's basically the gameplay is that there are three films um, that you... Uh, cut between, um, you highlight uh, something of interest, a hotspot in one particular film, it'll jump to the next. The story is wonderfully told, the acting is fantastic, um, the idea is fantastic. If if it could have delivered the same level of gameplay um, and a detective gameplay of her story, it would be 85, 9, nine out of 10. But I feel that he's just gone slightly, slightly short on the gameplay. And because of that, 7 out of 10. 
thanks, Charles. Uh, that concludes our review section and essentially concludes our first show of the year as well, doesn't it, Simon? It does, Steve. We're right up against it, aren't we? We didn't have time for any other business. Mm. No None Simon Byron's Fast Five of best games of 2022. Yeah, let's keep let's keep those away from the show this year, shall we? Yeah, we've got about another 30 <laughs> seconds, so just time to tell you uh, we have a Marioki event coming up on the 21st of January in London. Uh, tickets are on sale now. You'll find those on the Marioki Twitter, uh, which is... Uh, well, you can go to hello.mario.ke or twitter.com slash singmariochi. Um, so please join us for that if you want to sing stupid pop songs about video games. Um, by next week, Simon and I will be able to tell you whether we're going to be at GDC. Charles, will you be there? Oh, yes. And I shall look forward okay. to If you do come, let's go out for dinner again because it's always lovely to see you guys in person. What? You've got an Apple Arcade exclusive with you? <laughs> What a way to end the show. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Charles. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Until then, Bless you. goodbye. Thanks so much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.